If I told you we're going on vacation and to go and pack, there are two questions you'll naturally ask me. You'll ask me, where are we going? And you'll ask me, how long are we going for? You want to know where we're going because you want to have the right expectations set so that you'll know specifically what to pack for. If we're going to a cold weather location, you'll want to pack your jacket. If we're going to a tropical destination, you'll want to pack shorts and swimwear. You want to know if the place is urban or rural to see if you need to pack more essentials, knowing that in a rural location, like at a campground, you won't be able to secure emergency items at a convenience store. You also want to know how long we're going for so that you'll know how much clothes to pack and whether or not you'll need to wash your clothes in the middle of the trip. You also need to know how long so that you can adjust your schedule and make preparation if you're working uh, with, with your boss or asking your coworkers to cover for you. You'll also have to adjust your schedule when you're gone. Your questions boil down to one of two categories. It deals with the element of time and an element of expectation, both to help you plan and prepare. If these two questions are not answered, it is distressing. Imagine if I said, pack your things, we're going on a vacation, and I don't answer these two questions of yours about time and expectations, it's going to cause quite a lot of stress on your part. The unknown will fill you with anxieties and frustrations. No wonder for many during this coronavirus pandemic, it's causing quite a lot of distress and worries because these are the two questions that so far cannot be answered. Time. How long will this virus last? And what to expect? What does this virus actually do to the human body? No one knows how long this virus will last. No one can tell you with certainty when the vaccine will be developed. No one can tell you with certainty if there will be a second wave or a third wave that will be greater in intensity than this first wave. Scientists that have been looking at how this virus attacks our body, at first they thought it was primarily a pulmonary issue, a respiratory issue. But now they're noticing that other organs and body systems are being affected and attacked. In fact, a news report from The Wire two days ago read, COVID-19 is now believed to attack children, kidneys, hearts, and nerves, not just lungs. What now are we to do when there is so much unknown of what this virus does? And all of this unknown causes about the virus and how it will affect us keeps us frozen with fear or perhaps paralyzed with uncertainties, and we are unable to plan adequately. But we have no choice. Life must go on. So how do we prepare to live this life, to continue when so much is unknown? How do we confidently plunge into the unknown? How do we enter into the unknown? Now back to our original illustration. Can we still pack? even if we don't know where we're going or for how long. Sure, absolutely. Likewise, we can also prepare to live our lives in the unknown by doing certain things and having the correct mindset 
even if we don't have all the details. What are the things we need to do or the attitudes we need to cultivate to be prepared to head into the unknown? Let's take a look. If you have your Bibles, please turn with me to the book of Daniel as we end our lockdown series and pick up another series next week. But for today, we will study Daniel chapter 12, verses 4 to 13. We have been looking in this series at a biblical guide for times of uncertainty. We talked about how it's important to establish that God is in control. Then we talked about how one deals with anxiousness and worries. We looked to see if life's disruptions are really God's interruptions to wake us up. We saw how the death and the resurrection of our Savior Jesus Christ provides a sure footing for how we can fully depend on Him. We saw how in times of uncertainty, it exposes the true us, the true you. It exposes whether our actions are beneficial or not, whether our discernments are in the right place, where are our values, and if they are in the wrong place, How can we correct them? We saw that there is freedom in not knowing. We talked about how life has to change so that we can adopt a new spiritual normal, which is really just normal and for good for us to practice. We saw the essence or the essentials of biblical spirituality and how that looks like in times of uncertainty. And now as we finish up this series the pandemic is still going strong. And we head into an unknown future. How then do we prepare ourselves with the right mindset and with the right actions? Let's take a look at Daniel chapter 12. Why Daniel, you may ask? Because no one knows better how to live in the unknown like Daniel. Daniel, if you have studied this book or know his story, has been living in the unknown pretty much all of his life being taken as a captive, as a young man, to live in a foreign country, the country of Babylon, to a culture and to a people unknown to him, not knowing if his faith in the living God, Yahweh, would lead to his death or to a prosperous life. He lived in the uncertainty of knowing whether if the practice of his faith would cause others to be jealous of him, It was because he prayed too much that he was thrown into a lion's den, the uncertainty of knowing whether he would live or die, to have to endure a regime change when the Persians conquered Babylon, the uncertainty of having reached the pinnacle of Babylonian governmental roles like Daniel had, and to start over with a new empire the Persian Empire, and yet through all of this, Daniel remained faithful, living in the tension of the unknown. The book of Daniel is a prophetic book, and God reveals to Daniel many things about the near future relative to his time and the far future, things yet to come in our time. God didn't reveal to Daniel everything, and that's why Daniel still had many questions And yet we come to this last chapter of the book of Daniel, Daniel chapter 12, and look at verse 4 with me. But you, Daniel, shut up the words and seal the book until the time of the end. Many shall run to and fro, and knowledge shall increase. 
This section begins with the instruction by God to close the book and seal it until the time of the end. To close up the book and seal it doesn't mean to hide it away because God's message was given so that His people would know the future of that which He has revealed and to find encouragement. But it has the idea that the book was to be treasured, protected, and shared. And so this book was sealed literally as the ancient scribes would do it, which would certify that what was written was exactly what God had revealed to him. But in another sense, the sealing of the book carries the idea that the full meaning of what Daniel wrote, which was prophecy, would not be fully understood until the times of the end. That's what the Bible says in verse 4. Seal the book until the time of the end. At that time, it will be more fully understood. You see, even Daniel didn't fully understand what he saw, what he heard, what he wrote. He himself acknowledges this in verse 8 of chapter 12. Not until history continues to unfold would many be able to understand these prophetic revelations given to Daniel. But God indicated that an increased knowledge and understanding of what Daniel had written would come. Many shall run to and fro, and knowledge shall be increased, referring to the attempts of people in the future to understand this revelation in view of the context, but also indicative of the type of people. In their attempt to understand these prophecies, people would search around and try to discover what it means. And as time passed, knowledge would increase. They would understand these things better than Daniel could because more would be revealed, but also people would be smarter and technology would increase, which we have seen to be the case. This is why students of the Bible need to keep watching and continue to study God's Word The understanding of biblical prophecy will become clearer as we march towards the time of the Lord's second coming. But while much has been revealed, there was still so much that was not explained and still unknown. And Daniel was left in the dark by God in his sovereign wisdom by leaving off many of the details. Look at verse 5 to verse 7. Then I, Daniel, looked... And there stood two others, one on this riverbank and the other on that riverbank. And one said to the man clothed in linen, who was above the waters of the river, How long shall the fulfillment of these wonders be? Then I heard the man clothed in linen, who was above the waters of the river, when he held up his right hand and his left hand to heaven, and swore by him who lives forever that it shall be for a time times and half a time, and when the power of the holy people has been completely shattered, all these things shall be finished. Notice the first question that is posed as Daniel listens in on a conversation between two people. How long will the punishment and discipline of Israel last? The answer, from the Antichrist gaining prominence to the coming of our Lord will be three and a half years. Time is one year, times is two years, and half a time is half a year, totaling three and a half year. Daniel chapter 9 tells us that the Antichrist will rule for seven years, but for the first three and a half years, he will rule over united Europe, and then he will make peace with Israel, and the people of Israel will feel a 
false sense of security. And in Daniel chapter 9, verse 27, in the middle of the tribulation, he will break the covenant. He will break this peace treaty. And the Antichrist's true nature will be revealed when he takes over the entire world and rules it. And he will rule the world for three and a half years, as verse 7 tells us. The power of the holy people, which refers to Israel, will be shattered. It will bring a nation that God loves and a nation that God is disciplined finally to their knees where they, were, where they will acknowledge the true Messiah. While the Great Tribulation is a time of punishing the Gentile nations, it will also be a time of bringing restoration to the people of Israel, preparing them for the return of the promised Messiah. And that's found in the book of Amos, chapter 9. But what I want you to note more than the prophetic revelation is that even though Daniel was told to close the book and finish writing in verse 4, I'm sure with many questions left on his mind and in our mind that we want to ask about these seven year period of the Great Tribulation and even about how the Antichrist will rule, in times of uncertainties, we see that Daniel continues to learn. Just because he was told that the revelation to him would come to an end, it doesn't mean he stops learning. He is listening in on the conversation and trying to learn as much as he can about the unknown. He doesn't mentally check out and say, well, I don't know, so I don't know. You see, my friends, when we enter the unknown, it doesn't mean you and I no longer use our brains to learn and we say, oh, we will never know, we don't know, or it's too hard to understand, so I guess I'm just going to blindly trust God. We still have a responsibility to, to learn as much as we can. That's where faith and facts come together. You see, the first preparation, number one, for entering the unknown, number one, Seek to learn. Seek to learn. In our faith walk, in times of uncertainty, God wants us to continue to seek to learn. In most situations, the unknown isn't so scary when we learn more and more. Take, for instance, this COVID-19 virus. At first, everyone was scared. Everyone was fearful and panicking. Everyone obediently stayed in their homes. But as we learn more and more about this virus and how it is transmitted, what are its characteristics, we are no longer as fearful as we were 10 weeks ago when we were first locked down in home confinement. This is certainly indicative of the many people who are outside, out and about, when they should be sheltering at home. Initial fears are not as deep as we learn more. For example, if you're going to go skydiving and jump out of a plane, you're literally falling into the unknown. To help allay your fear, to minimize some of the fear that you have as you plunge into the unknown free fall, to know that you're going to jump with an expert in tandem should allay your fears. Perhaps to know that you're going to be strapped on with an industrial strength parachute and that there is a second parachute that will deploy in case the first one doesn't. Or to know how parachutes work perhaps will help you allay some of your fears of skydiving. Or perhaps knowing some statistics. 
According to the U.S. Parachuting Association, there are an estimated 3 million jumps per year, and the fatality count is in the 20s. That's a 0.0007 chance of dying from a skydive compared to a 0.0167 chance of dying in a car accident. In layman's term, you need to understand that it's about 24 times more likely for you to die in a car accident than in a skydiving one. Now, this information won't take away all of your fears, but it will help minimize it. There isn't really anything truly unknown completely. You can still do your best to mitigate your anxiousness in the unknown by seeking to learn as much as you can about what you are experiencing. So, for example, if you are scared to take a test because you are unsure of the types of questions that will come out or the questions that will be asked of you, how do you mitigate your fear of taking a test? You do your best and study as best as you can, can and anticipating what will come out. You are prepared. You learn, perhaps, skills for how to take a test. You learn how to brush up on memory skills and learning mnemonics to help you remember things. You study techniques for how to best calm your nerves and take the test. Short of knowing what is exactly on the test, you can come to the test prepared, calm, not knowing what's going to be on it, but being as fully equipped as you can to tackle it. So it is in matters of faith, and as it relates to entering an unknown future, you and I don't know the future, but God has given us the preparation tools we need to enter the unknown by seeking to learn. We read the Bible to know the character of God and how He operates and how He does certain things. We strengthen our faith by understanding theology so that our minds are fortified against the doubts and the attacks that will invariably come sent by the evil one in our times of uncertainties to shake our faith. We learn more about the Bible so that we can protect ourselves from false teachings and false teachers that are prevalent out there, especially on the Internet. Our foundation of faith is on facts. We don't simply blindly believe that Jesus Christ died for our sins and rose again. There are facts that support both of these great truths. All of these spiritual actions that seek to learn help prepare us for the unknown. That's why we see Daniel, even though he's done with the formal act of writing this book, is still seeking to learn. Let me ask you, why aren't we scared more about the HIV virus that causes AIDS? There are still no vaccines or cure for it. Forty years after it was made known to the world in mainstream media. What about SARS, the SARS virus or the MERS virus? There's still no vaccines to help us rid ourselves of these viruses. Why do we go on with life with these viruses hanging around? Because of the information, we have more about it and we've sought to learn more. How do we cope and go on with life with viruses that still have no vaccine? Well, you know, according to historians who study pandemics throughout the centuries, pandemics typically have two types of ending. 
They end medically or they end socially. They end medically when incidents and death rates plummet or when a vaccine is developed. Or they end socially when the epidemic of fear about the disease wanes. That's what happens to viruses that don't have a vaccine. We learn to live with it. When the fear of it wanes as we learn more and we're no longer afraid to go on with life. Sometimes our faith is such that if we only took the time to read, if we took the time to discern and learn, then we wouldn't be so scared about entering the unknown. It is when we do not know what we need to know that we are fearful of the unknown. All of this should speak to our Christian life. You don't just say, well, Lord, it's in your hands. I'll just have faith while I continually live secretly in the fear of entering the unknown. I need to search the Scriptures to learn what it says about our Lord and about the future and to use the brain that God has given us to learn facts that He has made known to us so that we can enter the unknown. So that faith and fact come together to give you confidence to enter the unknown. And in this way, you will not get caught up in the hype to learn to filter that which you read, that which you watch, that which you listen to. Look at verse 8 with me. Although I heard, I did not understand. Then I, Daniel, said, My Lord, what shall be the end of these things? As Daniel overheard the conversation, there were many things he did not understand, so he respectfully asked the angel how everything would end. Look at the answer in verse 9. And he said, Go your way, Daniel, for the words are closed up and sealed to the time of the end. Basically, the angel told Daniel, I'm not going to reveal to you any more about the future. Daniel was curious, but would not get a full answer. But then seemingly, the angel conceded as God allowed Daniel a little bit more information based on his request. Look at verse 10. Many shall be purified, made white and refined, but the wicked shall do wickedly, and none of the wicked shall understand, but the wise shall understand. Here in verse 10, the angel tells Daniel that in this period known as the Great Tribulation, many of the Jewish people will turn to the Savior. The troubles coming on the earth in the end times Specifically, troubles upon the Jewish people would cause many of them to turn to the Lord and experience a spiritual revival, a purification through faith. Verse 11 and 12. And from the time that the daily sacrifice is taken away and the abomination of desolation is set up, there shall be 1,290 days. Blessed is he who waits and comes to the 1,335 days. Now, we don't have time to explain these verses in detail, but if you're interested, you can listen to my verse-by-verse exposition of Daniel in our church's website. But clearly, these verses will encourage believers living during the time of the Great Tribulation to remain faithful to the Lord, to wait with perseverance so that they can experience blessings. Remember, 
The Bible is for us today, but it's also for Christians of all ages, and it will be for the Christians living in the Great Tribulation to be encouraged to persevere until the end. While Daniel heads into the unknown future, with many a question unanswered, what is emphasized in these verses is, number two, the best is yet to come. If you understand the specifics of what God is trying to tell Daniel, even without all of the details and all of the facts, throughout this book, God has been telling Daniel that the best is yet to come. As we prepare to enter into the unknown, preparation number two is to understand the best is yet to come. The great themes of biblical prophecy, the wicked will lose, the righteous in Christ will be victorious, they will be blessed, they will enter into their rewards. Blessed are those who persevere until the end. Blessed are those who who wait until the end, who are ready, found watchful and waiting. These are the great themes of Scripture as it relates specifically to biblical prophecy. The Bible clearly tells us the best is yet to come. It only gets better. It doesn't get worse for those who are His children Because the Lord is victorious. The righteous in Christ are victorious. And the rewards are great for those who are faithful. Now we don't need all the details to get this assurance from our Lord. We know that it will be worth it all when we see Jesus. You see, God's very character is a character of love. It's a character of grace. And He will give to His children His best. There's a wonderful song entitled, Trust His Heart. And I love what the author of this song writes. So when you don't understand, when you don't see His plan, when you can't trace His hand, trust His heart. The heart of God is love. It's to give the best to His children. We are His children Now, where do I get this? Is this some pipe dream of mine of just simply wanting the best in life? No. This is what the Bible tells us. Look at the book of Romans, chapter 8, verse 32. He who did not spare his own son, but delivered him up for us all, how shall he not with him also freely give us all things? If God the Father is willing to give up His Son, Jesus Christ, so that He can save us and call us His children. Why would He not give us His best? That's what Paul is saying in the book of Romans. He will. He will give us all things His very best. And this is what biblical prophecy points to. Even without all the details, it is a study in the best of what is waiting for us. Sadly, when people study biblical prophecy, they only focus on what is scary. The doom and the gloom, the despair, the terrible judgments. Yes, all those are part of biblical eschatology. But those are for those who have not placed their trust in Jesus. For those who have rejected Christ and His free gift of salvation. But if you read the Bible, specifically through the lenses of one who is a child of God, without sensationalism, you will come to realize 
that it is a message of hope and assurance that even though we enter into an uncertain future, we know that a God who controls the future has in store for us, His children, the best. You know, I often use this illustration at weddings to illustrate that different isn't a bad thing, meaning a different experience of what you had anticipated isn't necessarily a bad thing. You just have to learn to adjust and adapt. Because many enter into a a marriage relationship with a set mindset of what a perfect wedding for them looks like. But as they get married, it turns out quite different in reality. Just like us, we have our lives planned out. And yet this pandemic has thrown everything awry. And we're now uncertain of what life will bring. We can't see beyond next month, not even next week, how much more next year. And so we are uncertain about what life will bring. And somehow in our minds, it's not what we've bought into. It's not what we're expecting. It's not what we think God should give us. But remember, different isn't a bad thing. As someone wrote, for many people, life is like boarding a plane for a sunny vacation in Boracay, only to have gotten to a wrong plane and to land and find themselves in the Swiss Alps. Instead of beach, sun, and surf, you get snow, skis, and mountains, and you're not prepared for it. You're not prepared to have to learn a new language, German or French in Switzerland. It's tough. It's going to take time. But you realize all you can do is trust God's plan. And so you hang on. You adapt. You learn. Even though Boracay Beach, in your mind, turned out to be the Swiss Alps. Instead of getting mad, you start to accept and prepare. And so you purchase a winter coat. And you purchase ski goggles. You get your mittens and your battery-heated socks. You even learn how to ski. One day as you're taking an exhilarating run down the mountain, you realize that the Swiss Alps are very much as wonderful as you had expected Boracay to be, just in a different way. And the only reason you made it to be able to enjoy what you thought was such an uncertain future was because you accepted and learned to adjust. My friends, life will be different in the months and the years ahead. And you and I don't have a clue how it will look like. No one does. Because we are really entering into the unknown. But your life can be a life marked with confidence when you and I understand and know that the best is yet to come. For those who have placed their trust in the saving work of Jesus and are called His children. Because it is that knowledge that will allow us to joyfully enter into the unknown that although we do not know the details of how everything will work, we know that everything will work out for our good, for our best, because Jesus Christ loves us so much. The heart of God is a heart of love. Look at verse 13 with me. But you, Daniel, 
Go your way till the end, for you shall rest and will arise to your inheritance at the end of the days. Daniel would not and did not live to see many of his prophecies fulfilled. He would die before many of these prophecies came true. That's what the angel said in verse 2 of this chapter. Though the Lord had taught Daniel many things and revealed to him many mysteries, it was not told to him everything he needed to know before he died. But in the midst of not answering his questions fully, there were three realities of the end of his life that this angel told Daniel. Three things that he can take assurance in. And these three things correlate to help us, number three, understand the hope of glory. To enter into the unknown, we must, number three, understand the hope of glory. The first one is, you will rest. You shall rest, Daniel. You shall rest. Death is rest, Daniel. Daniel, you've been so faithful. You need the rest. And for those who have placed their trust in Jesus, death is a wonderful thing. It, it gives us rest. When God's time for us on earth is ended, when life draws near to the end, the Bible tells us in Revelations 14, 13, we will rest from our labors. All his life, Daniel lived for the Lord. Lots of uncertainties in those decisions, but now he gets to rest. It's a wonderful thing. And then the Bible says, He will arise, and you will arise. That means you shall live again. You will be resurrected. He will be raised from the dead and receive the reward that the Lord has allocated for him. Psalm chapter 17, verse 5. As for me, I will see your face in righteousness. I shall be satisfied when I awake with your likeness. You may not be satisfied with the life that you live now. You may think that life has treated you unfairly, that you didn't get all the answers to the questions that you have. But the Bible tells us you and I will be satisfied when we wake up into the presence of our Lord, when we are resurrected and we will see Christ face to face. It will be worth it all. When we see Jesus, our lives will be satisfied. And then the Bible says, to Daniel, you will enter into your inheritance, the great gift for all those who have placed their trust in Jesus and have lived faithfully for Him. He will receive His reward and He will be able to use it in the millennium because Daniel lived a life of faithfulness. Even though God didn't give him all of His answers, even though he lived in the uncertainties of life, one thing is certain, he will receive a glorious inheritance, a spiritual reward that he has worked so hard on. Why do I mention this and why is this important? Because the reality is all of us will die. And as we head into the unknown, it may be that a part of God's plan as we enter the unknown is that we will pass from this life. But we as believers in Jesus Christ do not need to dread the unknown, even if it includes death. Because death comes with it rest. Death comes with it the promise that we will live again. We will be resurrected because Jesus was resurrected. 
and we will receive our rewards. I read a report recently where a modeling forecast says that before this pandemic is over, 80% of the world's population will get the coronavirus without adopting social distancing measures. They got me to thinking, if that's true, 80% will eventually get it, then right now in this stay-at-home order, we're just simply playing hide-and-go-seek with the coronavirus. Sooner or later, you and I are going to get it. And if that happens, I thought to myself, then I may die. And that line of thinking takes you to a very dark place. But then I realize as a Christian, we always think about our own mortality without the hope that is attached to it. It will bring us to a dark place. But we realize in our mortality with the hope we have in Jesus that we can find confidence and find hope and find a life better than this. It is a graduation from a good life to the best in life. That's what Proverbs chapter 4, verse 18 tells us. But the path of the just is like the shining sun that shines ever brighter until the perfect day. One of my favorite Bible verses. It tells us that life gets better until the day of our glorification. And that means the privilege of physical death when it is God's time and He calls us home is that we get to now enter into the hope of glory. It is a graduation from the better to the best. And so part of God's plan for us, even as we enter into the unknown, is that we will graduate from this world to the next, from the better to the best. We enter into the unknown, not in fear, but we do so with confidence. And it will be confident for those who continue to seek to learn from God in His Word, who know that the best is yet to come, who fully understands the hope of glory. With this in mind, it will help us finish well even as we live in the tension of the unknown. I close with an excerpt from one of my favorite books, The Lord of the Rings by J.R.R. Tolkien, a believer. It was Frodo and Gandalf having a thought-provoking conversation. Gandalf is the mentor for Frodo, and Frodo is on a quest to destroy a ring. Frodo says to Gandalf, I wish the ring had never come to me. I wish none of this had happened. He suffered greatly. Gandalf the wise responds, So do all who live to see such times. But that is not for them to decide. All we have to decide is what to do with the time given to us. I wish it didn't happen. I, I wish this pandemic never occurred this year. Everyone is saying the same thing. Who see and live through such times. But that is not for us to decide. God has put us here on earth in 2020 to live through this and to enter into the unknown. All we have to decide is what to do with the time given to us. How then will we live? With confidence because you know the Lord and His Word or with fear because 
you have nothing to hang on to. The choice is yours. We are all heading into the unknown. How then will you and I live? Let's pray. Father, thank you for your word. And these closing words in the book of Daniel, it is a reminder to us that in life there will be much we do not understand. All of us are heading into the unknown. Help us to continue to seek to learn specifically from your word. Help us all to come to the understanding that in the unknown, the best is yet to come. Help us to realize and to understand the hope of glory that comes even in the unknown. For these truths and for the confidence we have in you, we can enter joyfully with confidence into what we do not know. But we do know you and we know your word. And for that, we can be assured. Bless your people. Bless your church. Help us to be shining lights in a dark world, especially in a world that needs to know you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.